Hi, I'm Craig Lance. I'm Will Davison. I'm Mark Winterbottom. I'm Greg Murphy. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The new CEO is announced as Tony chairs the board for another two years. I think that that excites Tony. I think it excites all of us. And tracks starting to break up because of the soft tyres. Maybe they've uh, they've got hold of the drivers book of excuses we look at all that and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Martin Whittaker, the CEO of the Bahrain Circuit, will become the new CEO of the V8 Supercars in an appointment made on Wednesday. Cole Hitchcock, the V8 Supercar Media Manager, told the V8 Insiders that the appointment has already received a lot of positive feedback at V8 Supercars HQ. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic appointment and uh, already today we've had an uh, uh, enormous amount of feedback from teams, stakeholders, sponsors, uh, partners and so on and so forth. Uh, um, all applauding the appointment. Kevin Fitzsimmons from Dunlop told the V8 Insiders about the first time he met Martin Whittaker. Um, it certainly sticks in my mind. The, uh, the first year we were in Bahrain, uh, packing up on the Sunday uh, morning and we're getting the, uh, the aircraft pallets and things ready to go and Martin and one of the security guys came down and had a pretty good chat to us and just said how much they enjoyed us being there and, and you know, the laid-back nature of the Aussies which he'd experienced in his previous roles with Ford and things like that and just the fact that he actually took the time to come and, and, and have a, a chat with us and let us know his feelings and that, and I think it's a, it's a fantastic move and certainly a coup by the category because he's uh, certainly got a lot of respect in the motorsport uh, industry worldwide. In another announcement by V8 Supercars Australia, Tony Cochran will remain the chairman of the V8 Supercar board for another two years. Hitchcock told the V8 Insiders that Tony still has a lot more he wants to achieve. And the fact that Martin is coming on board and, and, and Martin and Tony have a very strong relationship, that relationship will continue as uh, chairman and, and CEO as of, uh, as of April. And, you know, I think that will be a fantastic uh, duo to have at the helm of, of, our, of our sport as we, you know, we continue this march to, uh, to try and, you know, uh, really be are the biggest players in the Australian market. The South Queensland debacle continues with Cole Hitchcock telling the V8 Insiders that talks between the Mayor of Ipswich and V8 Supercars are still not close to resolving the Queensland Raceway event. Let's give it a few days, let's see what uh, uh, the Mayor and others you know, can come up with to try and broker some sort of arrangement to get us back there and um, you know, let's, let's see how the next few days or so pan out. It's certainly not going to be solved, potentially probably won't be solved around a table uh, at, a, at a meeting of an hour or so, um, but it's something that's probably going to take a while to sort out if, in fact, it does get sorted out. With the Gold Coast race under a parliamentary inquiry, the V8 supercars see the southeast Queensland part of their racing scene in a state of flux. 
But V8 Supercars are confident that Schoolies Week for Adults will continue. We're confident that certainly will be there, but we're not sure who might be with us or mightn't be with us. Uh, you know, the event is far too good and it has far too many benefits for the state of Queensland and particularly southeast Queensland for it not to not to uh, proceed. Kelly Racing would not officially confirm that Jack Daniels is returning to the team for 2010 but have advised that they will be revealing all on January the 21st, when the team's official launch is held. January 29 is expected to see Triple 8's team Vodafone Holden launched, while HRT will pull off the wraps on their cars on Wednesday the 20th of January. Craig Wilson has told the V8 Insiders that he thinks the rivalry between Triple Eight and HRT will be less in 2010 because they are both running Holdens. We want to beat Ford as much as we do any other team, so it's not actually a more rivalry. There's, in that in that context, it's less, you know, because we want to, but we want to beat everybody. But particularly, you know, from a Holden point of view, we want to we want to beat Ford, you know. You know, from a HSV point of view that we're also associated with, we want to beat, you know, for, you know, F, you know FPV. Um, so it's not actually any, I know there's some chatter, it's greater, it's not, it isn't actually greater over it's, it's probably less because of that factor. With the expansion of Brad Jones Racing to three cars, the Albury-based team is looking for a number of team positions to be filled, including a number one mechanic, a Formula Ford mechanic, and a CNC machinist. Kim Jones told the VN Insiders why people have been wanting to join his team. Can't pay the most money, but we do make sure that you feel like you're part of the family, and we sort of feel that we're all a big family here. Campbell Little has been confirmed as Mark Winterbottom's engineer in 2010 whilst Richard Holloway was moving to Gary Rogers Motorsport from his most recent stint with Walkinshaw Performance. There have been reports that Queensland Raceway and Barbagello both suffered track breakups after the 2009 races being held because of the new soft Dunlop Sportsmax tyre. Big Pond Sport reported that the Western Australian Sporting Car Club was forced to spend $14,000 and also had to relocate some of their hirers following the repairs to the track after the V8 supercar round. It is believed that the Queensland Raceway track promoter John Tedley has used the cost of the repairs following the V8 round as one of the reasons why he was not committing to them in 2010. Kevin Fitzsimmons, Dunlop's motorsport manager, has refuted these claims. So this is basically the first I've heard of it, that um, it's uh, getting blamed for damaging the surface because um, you think both of those surfaces would be pretty well packed down there because those trucks at both those venues too, which are six tonnes, so you'd think if it was going to break up, that's when it would happen. But... Fitzsimmons has also told the V8 Insiders that he's ready for the V8s to make the call on an all-soft tyre round of the championship, possibly at Winton. Uh, we're, we're ready to go if they decide to go down that path. Um, and I'll hopefully we'll find out about that in the very near future and everything, but um, the fact that we've got soft tyre races um, uh, towards the end of the year as well as um, the early part of the year and everything, we can sort of cover that, that uh, pretty easily sort of thing if, uh, if that's what they decide to do. On this week's White Flag Lap, we catch up with Stephen Johnson, but next, it's Richard Crail and Peter Norton. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly from Jack Daniels Racing and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Race Talk Media on SBS Television, it is none other than Richard Crowell. Good evening, Richard. G'day, Craig. How are you? Very well, thanks, as is, I'm sure, Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport. Good, Happy New Year, Peter. Happy New Year to you uh, as well and to all the listeners. It's great to be back. Look, uh, interesting. It's great to be back, but uh, South Queensland is a bit of a debacle with uh, Queensland Raceway, the discussions continuing on their future, the Lord Mayor, and uh, probably everyone in Sundry who has an opinion getting involved in discussions now trying to mediate a future there. The Gold Coast race is under parliamentary review. Are we going to be racing in southeast Queensland, Richard? Uh, I would say yes. I, I would think that uh, the artists formerly known as Indy and Super GP will be back in some way, shape or form, and I'm sure that... Um, I'm sure that there will be a V8 supercar presence. As for Queensland Raceway, hard to say, isn't it? I mean, obviously there's been a lot come out since the event was announced to have been not going ahead and um, the local councils popped up and the government's popped up and said, yep, we're going to try and do something. But V8s and everything that I've read uh, from their neck of the woods has been pretty adamant that uh, they're, they're going to go back to 14 rounds and that there won't be a replacement and it's too late to... Uh, to find a replacement round uh, somewhere else. I know Eastern Creek was uh, was uh, sort of threw their hat into the ring. So it, it might be a temporary blow for uh, for South Queensland V8 fans, but hopefully uh, longer term uh, sort of a, a good solution can come out of this so they can benefit long term. But they might just have to, uh, have to miss out for a year in order for things to get right for uh, 2011 and onwards. Peter, there is a, a real lack of permanent racing circuits on the eastern seaboard, isn't there? Yes, it's interesting to be thinking about what replacement you could have, uh, but taking a, a slight step back, uh, I feel that this Queensland Raceway thing is, is simply Tony Cochran uh, performing at his very best. Uh, he has a, a long history of uh, making sure that the party across the table from him uh, knows the exact value of the, the V8 supercar round coming to their neck of the neighbourhood, and uh, uh, what's been reported uh, in some of the, the press releases and other stories now is that uh, by saying no has uh, brought out of the woodwork lots of other interested parties uh, like the local mayor and, and other people uh, who are going to try to broker some sort of a solution. Um, yeah, Cochrane is extracting the full value and uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a backflip uh, by... Uh, uh, Mr Cochrane saying, yes, we will go ahead after all, but it will only be once he gets the, uh, you know, the prices and the deal that, uh, that he's after. Uh, so I think watch this space. But coming back to the question that you had, um, if, if they can't broker a successful deal, it does highlight the, the lack of permanent circuits on, the, on this east coast. Um, it really is a bit of a concern. And some of the, the doomsayers from years ago uh, when the, the growth of the street circuits were coming up, they were saying, uh, you have to keep investing in permanent circuits. It's the grassroots of the sport. It's the, the permanent facilities that the industry needs. And I think that uh, while they've been wrong on many counts, uh, they're actually a little bit correct here. There's not too many alternatives. Rich. Yeah, that's a really good point, really good point. And, and this is sort of 
brought that out into the open because for Queensland, especially you feel for them, they've got basically one and a half tracks. They've got Queensland Raceway and they've got um, Lakeside, which has reopened, but to a, a very low level, and it's um, AASA, the Autosport Alliance, sanctioned only, as is QR for most of the year. So it really limits their options. Uh, a really good example of that, um, guys, was over here in Adelaide, where um, there was a lot of talk about the future of Malala when the Clipsal 500 started up and they lost their V8 round. They then lost their Fujitsu round. But what we've seen here is a deal with the Clipsal 500 organisers who sponsor the local state racing series. So they're contributing something to the permanent racetrack in the state, the only one, I might add, um, while they have a lot of success with the Clipsal 500. So it's, it's a relationship that's worked pretty well. Um, and I don't think it happens anywhere else in Australia, so it is a concern, and, and Queenslanders all of a sudden, you know, lose QR. They've got nowhere else they can go aside from a street circuit. So it's a big issue, and it's something that has to be looked at. And I, I, I smiled interestingly when uh, I, I think it might have been a quip from Tony Cochran when he said, "Oh, maybe we have to build our own track." And I thought that was kind of ironic, given uh, their big push to street circuits over the last couple of years. But maybe, uh, maybe that would be good for the sport if they did that. Tell you what, yeah. Shane Howard would uh, really want to have a few days off before they start telling him he's got to build a, a permanent circuit on top of uh, all the other events he has to organise throughout the year. And, and of course, the uh, situation in New South Wales is really no better. The, mm. the permanent circuit that's left, uh, well, in, a, in least in a, a couple of days when Oran Park has its final meeting, um, we've got Wakesville Park. Um, it's a, a good little uh, facility, but it's not of the of the, the size or calibre or the location uh, that the, the series really needs. Um, but coming back to the, that issue about the, the growth of street circuits, um, you know, apparently at the detriment of the permanent circuits, uh, and now uh, Cochrane's comment about, well, we may have to build our own, I, I think we do have to give them credit where it's due that with the, their successful growth in the street circuits, in many respects now, uh, that's job done. Uh, they finally got their, uh, their long-term goal of having a, a good Sydney event. You know, that's done now as well. But we've seen over probably the, the, the last year, maybe two, that the V8 Supercars has been putting pressure on the permanent facilities to lift their game. And a perfect example there is uh, over in Western Australia, putting a lot of pressure on them to say, you know, you have to start investing in this facility. And I think the Queensland Raceway uh, scenario is another example of that. That mm. now that job's done on the uh, temporary circuits, V8 supercars are using their weight to make sure that the permanent facilities lift their game. Now, the interesting uh, joker in the pack that's come out in the uh, last day or so is Big Pond Sports report that the soft tyres have contributed to the breakup of the track, and that's one of the reasons why they uh, that uh, John Tedley wanted to put the price up so much, because he said I'll have to spend a bunch of money fixing the racetrack, and uh, it was borne out that fourteen thousand dollars was spent at uh, Barbagello this year repairing the surface. Um, of course, if you were listening to the news, Kevin Fitzsimmons said, uh, "Gee, they race trucks at both those tracks. How's my soft Dunlop tyres?" the instigator of all these problems. Yeah, and I think you've got to take a bit of a moment and see it from John Tetley's point of view. And, and that event, uh, and I can speak from experience having been there with, with F3 last year, that it got absolutely hammered uh, from a commercial point of view. And a lot of that was actually driven 
by Townsville uh, and the corporates with you know the reduction in spending money everyone had last year and probably still does. I know I do. Um, decided to take their corporate stuff to this big new event up in uh, up in Townsville, and that left QR with sort of 25% of the existing corporate stuff. So they took a huge hit and lost a lot of money on that race meeting. So from their point of view, I guess you can understand why they'd want that longer term deal, um, so that they can have that knowledge that the event's going to be there every year and they can build a business plan around it and structure it long-term so they can go and resurface the circuit and maybe spend some money on a pit lane or whatever else that the V8s want there. So you can sort of understand why they want that, but um, you can also understand why negotiations broke down so quickly. Yeah, that's right. Hey, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Back with plenty more after this. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, where we're joined by SBS's own Speed Week commentator in Richard Crowell, and also Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport. Guys, two more years. Two more years is the chant coming out of Queensland head office as Tony Cochran remains the chairman for that length of time. Uh, uh, Tony obviously hasn't worn out his welcome with the successes that he had in 2009. Uh, I'll jump in here. Um, no, he hasn't. And love him or hate him, um, you know, it's um, you know he, he's done the job, hasn't he? He's got results. He's run the sport well. He's got it to a point where it is, and I don't think there's much more you can say than that. I mean, uh, it's sort of a ringing endorsement in the support he got from the board that has been re-elected, and um, I think justifiably so. You've got to say, you know, love him or hate him, the paddock would be a much duller place without Tony Cochran wandering around, wouldn't it? He's a quotes machine and uh, gives a bit of controversy and gives guys like us something to uh, to prattle on about uh, of a night like this. It does indeed, Peter. Yes, I find it uh, quite remarkable that, what was it, two years ago when uh, the V8s walked away from the Melbourne's Formula One race, that uh, that was seen as a, a silly move and Tony Cochran had his head on the chopping block. There was all sorts of people uh, trying to, to get him bumped out of any role at all. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, he then showed just how clever he was in the boardroom uh, and uh, managed to get the, the right support to survive. Uh, and, of course, that strategy played out that uh, they're back at the Formula One race better than ever. And uh, I think we've really seen over the the period since the, that sort of kerfuffle that uh, his strategy and vision and execution has has got the job done, as Richard was saying. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's no surprise at all that uh, V8 Supercars wanted him for the, for the next two years. Um, I mean, it has to get to a point, though, when uh, Tony says, uh, it's all been good, guys, but I, I need to sit back and, and enjoy the fruits of my labour 
without having to work so hard. So uh, uh, it'll be interesting two years from now whether Tony puts his hand up to run again. Well, Martin Whitaker has uh, taken the job of CEO. The man who currently is running the Bahrain International Race Circuit will be joining us right after the Formula Ones leaves his current venue. Peter, what's your thoughts on Martin's uh, appointment? Um, Martin came to Adelaide, uh, was it two years ago now, uh, to promote the the Bahrain uh, event. And at that time, you could tell that there was a certain uh, mood between uh, Martin Whitaker and Tony Cochran, and there just seemed to be a nice fit. And, of course, when uh, uh, the Supercars appointed Cameron Levick as the CEO, that was a bit of a surprise. People thought back then that Whitaker was a good choice. Uh, he had the right credentials and everything like that. So I think it's uh, not surprising at all that he's come out on top now. Uh, and you know, the timing really reflects that uh, uh, he needed to and wanted to uh, honour his commitments in the Middle East. Um, it would appear as though it's a good choice. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's impressive that the series has now reached a point where it can attract international business people like like this guy. And, and I mean, this is a bloke that ran all of Ford's racing um, activities in Europe for a, a period of four or five years. So, I mean, that's a massive job. And, and this was when they were still throwing huge amounts of money at it, the World Rally and Formula One and Jaguar and stuff like that. So to attract a guy of his credentials and a man that's established the Bahrain circuit and driven it to a, a pretty successful racetrack in the Middle East and... Um, things like that is a huge coup, I think, for, for V8 supercars. I mean, it's a, a pretty ringing endorsement of where the business is at now and, and where the series sits on an international scale that they can attract someone like that. So I think that's the biggest thing out of all of this. But I, I think he's a safe pair of hands. I mean, his, his track record is very, very good and he's got a cool head and he's a, a very good communicator from what I've seen as well. So I, I think that's only going to work well for... Um, for that role as, a, as the CEO of V8. So I think it's a, um, a very, very good thing. Well, it's Gas and Go now, brought to you by V8X Magazine. Gas and Go with the Bundaberg Rum, extra smooth rum car on the cover. Also, stories about Murph joining Paul Morris. And let's not forget, Jamie Winkup says he's far from arrogant all in the latest edition of v8x magazine they bring you gas and go five questions in fact it's six this week in three minutes while we're dreaming there aren't we guys will the bull replace the falcon peter norton um i think something will uh, the taurus is probably the one that uh, is most obvious uh, but let's keep in mind that ford in the u.s have other uh, similar sized cars is it the fusion um yep Something like that, uh, to me it's a no-brainer that Ford Australia run uh, and market a car that's a, a worldwide platform rather than the, uh, the cost of investment of developing something just for our marketplace. And if you think about the Ford Territory and the amount of money that they spent on that, um, it was a crying shame that that wasn't designed uh, for a worldwide platform and, and sell it around the whole world. Um, it's, our market's not big enough. So the decision or the announcement by Ford uh, this week that uh, they're going to have a bit of a change of strategy, uh, it's a no-brainer for them. And, uh, yeah, 
that they're going to race something that's relevant in this market, it's going to be something like a Ford Taurus or a Fusion. Um, personally, I'd love to see them uh, have the Mustang as the, uh, the name badge, but I guess that doesn't fit the four-door sedan uh, requirement. But uh, Mustang is the rear-wheel drive platform that they've still got in the US. Um, I can dream on, I guess. And taking up a good two minutes of our three minutes in Gas and Go. Richard? Uh, yes. Um, I think they will, but I reckon they'll keep the Falcon badge. It's got too much history to uh, to lose. So it, it might be a car designed in America. I reckon they'll probably still build it here, though, and uh, that'll save them a lot of money, and uh, it will be badged as a Falcon. So I think uh, Falcon fans, it might be an overseas-designed car, but I think they'll still have a Falcon nameplate in V8. That's my thoughts. Teams with alcohol sponsorship are saying it'll cost them at least an extra $50,000 per year to run in the Middle East. Should V8 supercars have to compensate them, Richard? Um, I don't think they should compensate them. I think uh, I think they've offered some help, which is great. Uh, I think, though, that these people knew what they were getting into when they signed their deals with Bundaberg Rum or Jim Beam or Jack Daniels or whoever it might be. So uh, I think that's something that they have to balance in terms of um, of their sponsorship. And nothing's stopping these teams from going to one of their existing sponsors and saying, OK, well, why don't you step up, give us a bit more money, and we'll put you on the sides of the car for Bahrain and Abu Dhabi, speaking uh, hypothetically, of course. But I, I don't know if they should get compensation. I, I think it's a, it's a business thing that the teams are very much aware of when they go in to negotiate these deals. So um, I, don't think, uh, I don't think so much. But the help I think V8 is giving is, is a good start. Peter. Uh, I think Richard's spot on. The sponsors knew about this. If it's one race or two, the additional costs of uniforms and sign writing and that kind of stuff really doesn't matter. Uh, and I think the teams get fairly good exposure uh, with their revised colour schemes. Everyone knows that uh, you've know, got Jack written on the car and it's black. Uh, the, the, the consumers here in Australia still know that that's the Jack Daniels car, so I don't think the sponsor's getting anything less. Um, and I think the 50 grand is probably over, uh, overstated because they want to uh, negotiate something else in the compensation. Well, it's at least 30 grand just for the driving, uh, just for the safety suits for the crews on pit lanes because they are all refueling races now, Peter. Yes, that's right. Uh, in my head, the 30 grand makes sense. 50 may be inflated. Put race tape over the stickers and no one will know the difference. Winton and Phillip Island are the only East Coast permanent circuits left in the series. Could we see Wakefield Park revival? Well, a Wakefield Park revival to replace QR, Peter Norton. Oh, it'd be great to see, uh, but I think Wakefield Park is just that little bit small uh, in terms of the track length and uh, uh, all of those sorts of things. So I, I think they'd be very reluctant to go there. Uh, Richard's comment earlier that. Uh, uh, Eastern Creek put up their hand. Uh, I think they were dreaming. Uh, bridges yeah. have been well and truly burnt there. <laughs> Richard? Um, if they go to Wakefield Park before they come to Malala, and yes, I'm biased, I'll be very disappointed. Uh, I don't think Wakefield Park's an option. Too short, too, uh, too bumpy. And if they complain about facilities at Queensland Raceway, um, they'd need to, uh, to retract some statements if they then go to Wakefield Park instead. Bundy Red may be allowed to beat HRT. But will Dick Johnson Racing be allowed to beat Triple Eight, Richard? Uh, yes, absolutely no reason why not. Peter? Um, yeah, they're quite independent. I'm sure they're running a chassis that was developed last year by Triple Eight, but uh, I don't see any, any reason that they won't be allowed to. Whether they can will be interesting.
Are the Ford Triple Eight teams about to hit an engineering crisis, Peter? Well, that's what I was hinting at. Uh, the teams running the uh, the Ford Triple Eight chassis uh, don't have the development from the, uh, the, the the main engineers and everything anymore. That they'll have to develop themselves. And while I think they'll still get good customer support, it's not the same as uh, a Triple Eight developing things for themselves and their customers. Uh, so I think over time, those cars will become less competitive. Richard? I agree with that to an extent. I think um, I think the smaller teams will struggle, for sure, but teams which have already got the resources and have a track record in the past of developing their own cars won't have so much of an issue because they'll be able to go off in their own direction if the support dries up from Triple Eight and the development dries up from Triple Eight. Teams like DJR will be able to go off in their own direction, develop their cars. They've done it in the past and been successful. No reason why they can't do it again. And um, essentially what they get is a very, very good base on which to, to build on and, and go forward on. So uh, it might hurt some of the smaller teams who don't have the resources, but guys like DJR, I don't think they'll have too much of an issue. Well, guys, that's Gas and Go for another week brought to you by VNX Magazine in stores now. Thanks very much for your time. Richard Crowell, what's on Speed Week this week? Uh, Craig, I have absolutely no idea. My stuff doesn't kick off uh, a bit later on, but I recommend you head to sbs.com.au forward slash speedweek and you will find out all the information about the wonderful show. As professional as ever. Peter, thanks once again for joining us. Always a pleasure. All good fun. Up next, it's the White Flag Lap. We'll catch up with you on the other side of the break. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, it's Bugs here, Jason Bugwana from the Sprint Gas Racing Team, and you are listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. On this week's White Flag Lap, Stephen Johnson reflects on his year in 2009. Oh, you know, it's been really good and really bad, I guess, but... um, you know, we've been able to stay up there in the championship the whole year from the start, you know, which has been great. We've been fighting for sort of, fighting for top three for a long time and, you know, a couple of races there, Bathurst hurt us and, you know, a few other races hurt us, but um, all in all, it's been, um, you know, I guess it's been a reasonably good year for us. Have two cars finished in the top seven. Uh, it's disappointing, the last race was disappointing, obviously, you know, to have two sort of rear... Um, I guess suspension failures in the in the back early on in each race, and then we, we just couldn't race from there. We just had to drive around. So that was a you know a bit a bit disappointing. But um, you know I guess I wanted upward, and would have been nice to equal or better my best championship finishing position in fifth. But wasn't to be. So we'll uh, you know we'll try and race for it next year. So what is Junior Johnson working on during the off season? Just get fitter get lighter and get faster and see where we go from there so you know my, my head's in the right spot I know what I want it's not like I've got to the end of the season I have got to the end of the season and actually said you know I'm glad it's over but you know 
in the previous years I've been um, at the stage where I wasn't really looking forward to starting the next season, you know, so whereas now I'm really looking forward to starting the ne next year and, um, uh, you know, I I've got extra motivation there um, for me to, um, you know, to work extra hard over the break and, you know, not uh, not have too much time off and just um, train hard and do whatever I can to, to, you know, be better next year and finish better as well. Is stability going to be the key to getting off to a, a good start? You've got engineers staying, you've got uh, teammates so. staying and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, stability is good. So we just need to um, capitalise on what we've got and what we've achieved this year and um, see where we end up. So there's no reason why we can't, um, you know, we're third in the team's championship again, which is great, but next year we need to be first or second. So tough ask when you've got the likes of HRT and Triple Eight out there, but, um, you know, to beat the factory forward team in FPR a couple of years running is... Um, Bit of icing on the cake. What did Junior think of the new Sydney event? I think, um, you know, track aside, the actual, um, the whole event being its first event, you know, you've got some pretty special events that you can take a note of um, and take a leaf out of their book. Uh, as an event, I think they've done a marvellous job for the first year. You know, to get a, I think they're they're aiming on getting. 150,000 people here, but you know, they smashed that with 186. I heard so. Um, you know, if that's uh, that's that's a, an awesome turnout, especially for people in Sydney um, to come out and watch us. The really, um, I guess, enjoyable thing for me was, you know, obviously to meet a lot of new fans, a lot of new people that you know you get around the tracks these days, and you always see the same people that come around. You know, you. Mostly, you, you, you'll see the same faces all the time. Whereas this weekend, uh, and everyone that we've seen has been, um, uh, you know, first timers to V8 Supercar event, um, and that to me is probably the, the biggest success story out of the whole weekend is getting people that have never been to one of our races here for this weekend to watch and to see what we're all about, and hopefully come to to more and more in the future. So that's uh, and, and there wasn't just one there was a lot there was a lot of first timers here so that's um you know to me that I think that's where they've kicked their biggest goal yeah it was noticeable the lack of tribal gear yeah i mean it's uh um you know like they did a good job just putting on the whole event as in you know they made a, a great section i think you know one of the one of the good sections is where they've um uh, done for like the kids corner style mm. thing you know, a lot of families won't come to the V8s because there's, what can you do with the kids? It's pretty hard to lucky hit around all day at the racetrack. So, um, you know, to do that sort of thing, you've got your food stalls here, you've got plenty of toilet amenities, amenities here, and um, it's just, they've just done it well, you know. They've got the facility to do it. They spent millions and millions here for the Olympics, um, you know, and if it can house, uh, you know, so many countries for, you know, two and a half weeks here, uh, and put on a whole Olympics, um, you know, there's no reason why we couldn't put a V8 supercar race on here. So, um, you know, the Olympics is a lot lot bigger than uh, than what we are, but um, we've shown that, um, you know, we can get the supporters out in force in Sydney and, um, you know, we want to continue to do that in the, in the years to come. My thanks to Stephen Johnson, Richard Crail and Peter Norton as the chequered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders Keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.